I don't know whether you've got a song prepared for afterwards, but, but we could end on that song just as easily as we started with it. <clears throat> Powerful song. You know, they, nothing could hold our Saviour down. They put a, a, a giant stone in front of the tomb, but nothing could hold him down. Hallelujah. Awesome. Awesome. Hallelujah. I was talking to Trace on the way to, to church this morning and she said, what are you preaching about? So I told her and, and in about two shakes of a lamb's tail, as they say, she gave her opinion on what I should be saying and, you know, <laughs> this is how you should say it, this is what you should do. <laughs> I said, well, maybe we should get up here and do it in tandem. And then I thought to myself, well, if I did that, I wouldn't get a word in edgeways. It would just be all Trace. <laughs> I'm just telling it like it is, guys, you know. (laughs) I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds, that you can prove what is that good and that acceptable and perfect will of God. You know, I, I was thinking, that's not my message, but I thought that's going to be an awesome foundation for what I want to speak about this morning. Last Sunday, there was three of us that, that had that same word. And as uh, Alan got up and, and quoted Romans 12 and 2, that was the same verse that I had earlier on in the morning, and it was going through my mind. And, <clears throat> and I believe that God is trying to tell us something, and it's about transformation, And this year, it's about recalibrate for overflow. But I believe there's got to be a foundation, and the foundation needs to be transformation. You see, how we think in our mind is going to determine how we overflow in the Spirit. What causes us, we can't begin to accept what God's got for us if we are not in the right frame of mind. And our goal has to be transformation. You know, we live in a a politically correct world where we've got to say things right, we've got to do things right. We've got to to conform to the way the world wants us to do things and say things. But transformation says, you know what? It's about not conforming to the the perfect and the acceptable and 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 the good way of the world, but according to God. And sometimes it means that we're going to have to step out of our political realm and political correctness realm and and begin to say, well, you know what? That's not what God wants us to do. And the only way we can do it is by transformation. And as we talk about recalibrating this morning for for overflow, I see transformation as being that basic foundation as we begin to experience what God wants us to experience. Luck Trace was saying this morning in the car, and I'll use a little bit of what she was saying this morning because, you know, sometimes she's okay, she's right, and sometimes she's... <laughs> but how can we begin to overflow if, we, if we're not in the right frame? How can we overflow? How can we give out of something we haven't got? And if, if, we, if we are down, if we are depressed, if we are feeling like, like we're, we're um, not receiving anything from God, how can we give out to somebody else? And we've got to begin by that transformation and our mind has to be renewed and it's got to be changed to begin to think, well, you know what? God can do exceedingly abundantly above what we ask or think. 
And as we start to, to accept that and we start to move in that, we, our mind begins to change and we begin to understand how, how God wants to, to move in us and through us and we begin to experience what God wants to do, not just in us, but through us to other people as well. John 10 and 10 says, The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. I have come so that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. You might have it more abundantly. You might have life overflowing. I don't know if any of you are, are, are friends with Is Gordon here? Where's Gordon? I saw him before. Oh, he's, he's hiding over there. <laughs> I don't know if you're friends with him on, his, on Facebook, but he, one of his hashtags is live life at 100%. Have you ever seen that? Yep. Live life at 100%. I want to I suggest to you that it should be live life at 110%. <laughs> because, I want, because Jesus has said, I want to give you life, but I want to give it to you more abundantly Amen. so that it overflows. And this morning, I don't want to speak too long. I always say that. I always start with that just in case. But I want, I want to look at about three or four scriptures and, and uh, talk about the overflow. Talk about how God wants to overflow through us. Recalibrate for overflow. Let's turn in our Bibles to Luke chapter 6 and verse 37. I want to read verse 37 and 38. If you have your Bibles or if you have your iPads or if you've got your... I thought I'd um, bring my Bible this morning. <clears throat> I, was ta- I was talking to uh, Kevin yesterday and I was saying one of our previous pastors, whenever he went, and he lived in the day when there was no smartphones and iPads and whatever, but wherever he travelled, and he used to travel um, on the bus and on the trams and, on the, and when he caught a, a, a plane, he would always have his Bible in his hand, <clears throat> always. He was not afraid. He was not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ because he knew it was the power of God unto salvation. And wherever he walked, he had his Bible. And wherever he sat next to people, he would always start up a conversation. Do you know Jesus? Where will you spend eternity? What do you think about Christ? And he led so many people to Christ just by starting off with that one conversation. Not because he had a smartphone in his, in his hand, but because he had the word of God. <clears throat> anyway. Enough said. Luke chapter 6, verse 37 says, Judge not, and you shall not be judged. Condemn not, and you shall not be condemned. Forgive, and you shall be forgiven. Give, and it shall be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, and overflowing. They shall give into your bosom, for with the same measure that you measure, it shall be measured to you again. You know, the first part of that, of that verse is quite simple and it doesn't need too much deciphering. Judge not and you won't be judged. How often do we judge people? We judge them because they, they don't do something the, the way that they should be doing. We, we judge them because they're not dressed correctly. We judge them because they don't uh, sing the, the song the way we sing it or they don't play the way we play or they don't do this or they don't do that. And we judge people. Judge not and you won't be judged. Condemn not. And you won't be condemned. Forgive and you will be forgiven. Exercise towards others that, that, that love which thinks no evil, bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things. And then others will exercise that same, that same love back towards you. 
they that are merciful, the Bible says, will in themselves receive mercy. With the same measure that you measure, it shall be measured to you again. We've got to expect that we, we deal out something that, that's going to be dealt back to us. If you deal harshly with others, you must expect to be paid back in the same coin. Most of you know that my job is a risk and compliance manager with the Benigo Bank, and <clears throat> I go around to branches. Uh, I've got 36 branches. I've got to visit twice a year and making sure that they comply with the bank's regulations and rules and whatever and uh, have a template, go through the stuff. And, and uh, we have three ratings, satisfactory, management, uh, improvement required, and, and unsatisfactory. And of course, you know, if a, if a branch gets unsatisfactory, we've got to go back in three months' time and make sure that they've pulled their socks up and done the right thing. They bring them back up to satisfactory or to, to management follow-up. <clears throat> and uh, I'm looking back at my, my record over the last 12 months, and uh, the guy that, that works with me, Grant, um, he looks after the Mornington Peninsula and down that way, and um, he's got the same number of branches that I do. And I said, I, I said to him the other day, I said, how many unsatisfactories? Because that means more work. You know, you've got to go back in three months' time. But you do one every six months or you go back in three. I said, how many, how many unsatisfactories did you have? And he goes, oh, I must have had about 10, 10 unsatisfactories. You know, it means I've got to go back, uh, do, you know, 10 more extra visits. He said, how many did you have? I said, well, I had about one, one unsatisfactory. He goes, oh, you're too easy. You mark too easy. You, you know, you're not as, you're not as harsh as, as, as the rest of us. And I, and I live by this principle, if you deal harshly with others, now I don't let them get away with things, don't get me wrong. I understand my job, but my job is about coaching and my job is to lift them up, not to bring them down. And so if you deal harshly with others, the same measure that you measure, it'll be measured back to you. But it says there, given it shall be given to you, good measure, pressed down, shaken together and overflowing. Recalibrate for overflow. You know, often we read this verse and we immediately go to money. We talked, you know, Pastor Kevin talked about a tithing this morning and, and Malachi and, uh, you know, and, and, and we immediately we go to, to money and we think, well, man, I can only give so much and it, it's only so much you can give. And, but, you know, it's so much more than that. It's so much more than just money. Amen. How about your time? You know, I worked it out. I sat down this morning. I was working out there 60 minutes in an hour. In case you weren't aware of that, right, I worked it out. It took me it took me a little while to work it out, but I, I, I got there. There's 24 hours in a day, which means that there's 168 hours. Work it out if you like. I'm right. It's 168 hours in a week. Assuming you work or you sleep eight hours a day, that's 56 hours of sleep, which means there's 112 hours left. How much time do you actually give to God? Work it out. Work it out. Man, I, I sat down and I was ashamed at myself. Because, because if you give to God, he'll give back to you. And not just back to you, but back to you until it overflows. So if I haven't got time to serve God, then, then I've got to make time because if I make time, then God will give that time back to me, but not just back to me. He'll give me more time. Yes. Now, how can you get more than 24 hours out of a day? I don't know, but God knows. Yes. And all of a sudden, you're able to do so much more in a day than you were able to do before. Yes. 
We can, we can give forgiveness. We're so easy. You know, sometimes forgiveness is very hard to give. It's, it's not always easy, depending on the circumstances and depending on, on, on what's, what's happened and what's transpired. But if you, if you have that, that, that desire to forgive and you, and you constantly forgive, then you know what? It's going to be given back to you. So when you slip and you make a, make a mistake and you, and you do something wrong, guess what? You're gonna, it's going to happen to you. You're going to be forgiven as well. Because the same measure that you meet, it'll be measured back to you. Let's turn our Bibles to 1 Timothy chapter 6 and verse 17 and 18. Overflow. Abundance. I entitled my message this morning, The Superabundance of God. The Superabundance of God. 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 17 and 18, it says, Tell those who have the riches of this world not to be arrogant, not to place their confidence in anything as uncertain as riches. Instead, they should place their confidence in God, who richly provides us with everything to enjoy. Tell them to do good. Do a lot of good things. So one translation says, another translation says, be rich in good works, to overflow in good works, to be generous and to share, ready to give, willing to share. How many of us are ready to give and willing to share? Do good with what you have. Be rich in good works, overflow in good works. Now, does good works save you? No, we know that. Not saved by your good works, but it's show me your faith without your works and I'll show you my faith by my works. And you are truly rich when you are rich in good works. Be ready to distribute, willing to share, willing to communicate. Not only do it, but do it willingly. He who sows sparingly will reap sparingly. He who sows bountifully will reap bountifully. If you sow in abundance, you'll reap in abundance. 2 Corinthians 9 and 7 says, Each of you should give whatever you have decided. You shouldn't be sorry that you gave or feel forced to give, since God loves a cheerful giver. You know what we should do every time we take up the offering is we say, okay, you know yeah, when you take a, take a photo, you say, okay, let's everyone smile. <laughs> well, when we give, take up the offering, we say, okay, now everyone smile. Because God loves a cheerful giver. Yeah. Yeah. Besides God, verse 8, besides God will give you his constantly overflowing kindness. And then it goes on to say this, then when you always have everything you need, you can do more and more good things. Overflow in good works. Be rich in good works because when you have everything you need, listen to the verse. I want you to listen to that verse that says, um, give whatever you have decided. You shouldn't be sorry that you gave or feel forced to give since God loves a cheerful giver. Besides, God will give you his constantly overflowing kindness. And then when you have always have everything you need, you can do even more and more good things. See, the more you overflow, the more that you can do. It starts with giving what you can. 
It starts with giving a little bit of this. If that's all you can, can offer, if that's the only time you can spare, and give of that time. If that's, the, that's all you can bring out, then just give whatever you can give. Start with that. And God, who is no man's debtor, the Bible says, then gives back from his constantly overflowing kindness. And verse 11 goes on to say, God will make you rich enough so that you can always be generous. We're talking about recalibration for overflow. You see, you're no longer giving what you can. Now you have everything that you need and you begin to give out of your overflow. That's what overflow is all about. It's about being able to touch someone else's life. It's about being able to to make a difference in someone else's life. And yes, at the start, it may be a sacrifice on your part. It may be something that you've got to give up. It may be something that you can't afford to do. You haven't got the time to spare. You haven't got the finances to do it. And it may be a sacrifice on your part at the start. Give what you can. But then God in his overflowing kindness and his continual kindness will give back to you until you've got more than enough. Until you've got, he's replaced what you've given. And then you've got enough to supply, to supply your every need and then he, more to be able to give out to somebody else. Overflow. That's the principle of overflow. The next scripture I want to read is is found in Matthew chapter 12, verse 34, if we can turn there. And this is where, this scripture here is where our mind needs to be transformed. This is where it comes to the fore and about making sure that our mind is transformed. Matthew 12 and verse 34 says, You offspring of vipers, I'm not calling you guys vipers, I'm just reading scripture, right? You offspring of vipers, how can you, being evil, speak good things? For out of the overflow, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth begins to speak. A good man, out of the good treasure of the heart, brings out good things. And an evil man, out of the evil treasure, brings out evil things. I want to see, look at three aspects of the heart this morning. And the first part is, the heart is the root or the source. The heart is, the, is where it all begins. It's when you go to the, the root of the problem or the source of the problem, the heart is the root. The language that comes out of your mouth is the fruit. Verse 33 of the previous verse to what we read said, to have good fruit, you must have a healthy tree. If you have a poor tree, then you will have bad fruit. A tree is known by the kind of fruit that it bears. You see, if the nature of the tree is good, then it will bring forth fruit accordingly. If the nature of the tree is bad, it will bring forth fruit accordingly. Where, where grace is reigning within your heart, then you will bring forth out of your heart, because it's the root, it will bring forth out of your heart the, 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 the language of Canaan. If love abides in your heart, if it's at the source, then you will bring forth the language of love. Because whatever is in the source, whatever is at the root of the situation is what will come out of your heart because the Bible says the heart, out of the abundance of the heart, out of the overflow, the heart is the root. A diseased lungs, deceased, no, not deceased, diseased. (laughs) Diseased lungs make your breath smell. Your language tells a person where you're from, what country you're from. What comes out of your mouth tells people 
what nature you're of, what spirit you're of. See, make the tree good, and then the fruit will be good. Get pure hearts, get, uh, then you'll have pure lips, and then you'll, have, then you'll have pure lives. Or else the tree will be corrupt, and what comes forth will be corrupt. The heart is the root, and the heart must be transformed. Otherwise, you can't be thoroughly reformed. The second aspect is the heart is the fountain. It's the source, but it's also the fountain. Out of the heart will spring. Out of the, the heart will come forth. The words, the words that come out of your mouth are the streams that come out of your heart. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Just the same way as streams flow or, or the overflow of a spring. This, exactly the same way the mouth is the overflow of what's in your heart. A wicked heart is said to, to send out wickedness just as a fountain casts forth her waters. Evil words are the, are the natural, genuine product of an evil heart. First you know, Samuel says evil is done only by evil people. So on the, on the opposite side of that, good things are done only by good people. What springs out of the overflow of your heart? Is there anything in your heart to overflow? Which brings us back to our, our having your minds transformed. What, what, what have you hidden in your heart? What springs out of your heart? Does, does condemnation come out of, your, out of your heart or does forgiveness come out of your heart? Does judgment come out of your heart or does grace come out of your heart? Does negativity come out of your heart or does positivity come out of your heart? Does hatred or does love? You see, out of the overflow of your heart springs forth that which is in your heart. I'm not just talking about Sundays. You know, we come to church on a Sunday, we meet people, we greet people, and, you know, everyone's happy, clappy, uh, big smiles. How are you going? Yeah, great. You know, clapping on the, on the back and, yeah, good on you. Hey, how was your week? Fantastic. Yeah, that's great. Awesome. Okay, see you later. Bye. And then the rest of the week you don't see, any, you don't see anyone from the church. And how, how, does your, how does your heart stack up then? Is it, the same, is it the same attitude that you have at work that you do at church on a Sunday or at home or wherever you might be during the week? Because the heart is the fountain. And out of that fountain will spring what's naturally in the fountain. And the third aspect is that the heart is the treasury. The treasury. What do you store up in your heart? The, you know, the words are, are the things that are brought up out of the treasury. And from there, you are judged accordingly. You know, the time that you spend in the Word of God or the time that you spend in front of the TV or the time that you spend with your with your unsaved friends uh, or the time that you, I could go on and on the, the time the stuff that you put into your heart the, the stuff that you allow to become treasures in your heart that you hide away in your heart is what will then come out of your heart to form who you are your character of who you are the Bible says it's the character of a good man because out of the good man out of the good treasure of his heart will speak good things will come will come forth 
good things, graces, comforts, experiences, good, good knowledge, good affections. The Bible says, Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against you. I know for a fact that, that if I don't, and, I've, and, and I say it before you because I'm not trying to, to, to big note myself, <clears throat> there are times when I've gone days and weeks when I haven't read the word or, or, and, 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 and I've spent more time doing other things. And by the time that, by the end of that week, my, my mind has been, it's starting to be transformed and been changed and I'm, I'm starting to think differently. And then I've, the more I put the God's word in my heart, again, it, it changes back to what, to, to what God wants me to do and, the way, and my thoughts and the way that I should be thinking and the things that I should be doing. It's the fountain, the, the good man, out of, the good treasure, the stuff that he's, he's allowed to accumulate in the chest of his heart. Treasure chest. It's, a, it's, a, it's, it's your chest. It's your heart. It's where your treasure is. The word of God, the law of God, you know, divine truth dwelling and living there and ruling your lives. The law of God written on your heart. You know, when, 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 when God's law and God's word is written on your heart, it becomes normal and natural to live the way God wants you to live. And, and you know, sometimes people say, well, you want me to do that and God wants me to do this and God wants me to do that. It's not about that at all. It's about getting the word of God in your heart and all of a sudden you want to do that and you want to do what God wants you to do. We can, we can try and live by the law or we can live by the spirit of God that dwells on the inside of our hearts because out of your heart, out of your heart comes the way that we should live. You see, the, 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 the complete Christian who bears the image of God not only is good, but also does good, speaks good. By the, same, by the same point, it says here, the evil man out of the evil treasure in his heart brings forth evil things. And, and it, it, you know, your lusts and the corruptions and, and, and deceit and if those sort of things are reigning in your heart and that comes, that's what comes out of your heart. So the question is this morning, what have you stored in the treasury of your heart? What have we allowed to to what have we allowed to amass in our hearts that, that that because if we're going to recalibrate for overflow, if we're going to start to understand that God speaks uh, through us and, and out of the out of our abundance and that, that God's going to be able to to do things to change people's lives and to touch other people's lives, well then we've got to make sure that that we are putting the, the correct things in the treasury of our heart. One last scripture, Matthew 13 and verse 12. It says, For whoever has, to him shall be given, and he shall have more abundance. He shall have more, that, one translation says, he shall have more than enough. Overflow. But whoever does not have from him shall be taken away, even that which he has. We know the parable of the talents. This rich ruler went away gathered his servants together. He gave one servant five talents. He gave another one three and another one one. We know the story that he went away. The one who, they immediately put their, their, their talents to work. <coughs> well, two of them did. And when, the, when, the, when he came back, he, he gathered them together and, and the guy with, with five talents came and said, here's your five talents and here's another five talents. And he's, uh, the response is, well done. 
good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a few, I will make you or ruler of faithful over a few, I will make you ruler over much. The guy that had two came and said the same thing. Here's your two talents, and I've got another two talents to give you. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a few, I will make you ruler over much. You know what the the point I want to make there is that the reward's exactly the same. And sometimes we think, well, I can't sing or I can't play an instrument or I can't work behind the desk or I can't do this or I can't do that. God has given you a talent. And if you read the, script, if you read the, 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 the parable, it's about giving them a talent that they were able to, to bear. It was talent that was applicable to them. And God's given you a talent. And whatever that talent might be, and you might only have one talent and somebody else might have five or, or ten talents whatever that might be and whatever it might look like. But the, 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 the moral of the story is that the reward's exactly the same. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in few. I'll make you ruler over much. Exactly the same reward. But one come, along comes the one who only had one talent and said, I, I, I knew that you, you, uh, the way you were and so I hid your money and, and here's your one talent back. And the Bible says that he, he said that cast him into outer darkness. Why? Because he didn't use what God had given him. He didn't use what was given to him. The Bible says that he shall have more abundance. Whoever has to him shall be given and he shall have more abundance, more than enough. He will have overflow. You know, I used to, uh, I've worked in finance industry for over 40 years and uh, I've met people who have kept their money in a safe at home and actually some of them not even in a safe. I've known people who've kept them in a cardboard uh, shoebox and, and, and putting them up in the cupboard behind, you know, you go in the cupboard and you turn to your left and right there to your left and around there is, the, is a cardboard box filled with money. And sure enough, there it was. I've met people who, well, the government, the government uh, says that if you're, if you're receiving the pension, anything that you receive as income affects your pension. And so therefore, if you get interest on your money, it affects your, your income, so therefore it affects the pension that you receive. And so years ago, uh, there was accounts, uh, people, pensioners would walk into the account and say, I want to put this money in the bank because I know it's safe, but I don't want to earn any interest on it. And so the banks used to have what they call non-interest bearing accounts for exactly those people because then they wouldn't lose any money from their pension. The government soon came wise to that and said, okay, well, that's fine, but we'll deem you to have earned a certain amount of interest anyway. So you may as well have an account that earns interest because we're going to deem that you've got it anyway. And so people had money at home or they had money in accounts that didn't earn interest. And then I've met people, and they're the majority of people, who want the best interest rate that they can get. They want their money to work for them. They want their money to work hard for them and give them a great return. And their money, they want their money to be able to, to do what they can't do in the natural and give them a good return. And what it comes down to is getting an invest, to get an investment on your return, the, 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 you have to let it work for you. You have to let it work for you. And when it comes to the investment that God places in your heart and in your life, he expects a return. And he wants you to work. And he wants you, he gives you, and as you as you return to God what he has placed in your heart, he gives you more and more. And, and not just enough, but more than enough. In other words, he give you, gives you an abundance of what he has placed in your heart. There's a promise to him that has and uses, he shall have more abundance, an overflowing amount. 
recalibrate for overflow. This year is going to be a dynamic year, but only if you decide that you want it to be. You can, you can go through the year and say, you know what? I'm not in the right place to receive overflow. I haven't, I, I, I'm not where I need to be in God to receive the overflow or to walk in overflow. I'm not, that, that's why the, the title is not just about overflow. It's about recalibration. It's about recalibrate for overflow. It's about thinking about, you know what, Lord? I do want overflow. What do I need to do to begin to overflow in the things that you've got for me to do and to say and to live and how to live my life? This is a year of transformation. This is a year of overflow. And and we've got to begin to allow God to to start that process in us. You know, God's favours are are deposits of further favours. Because the scripture says that where he lays the foundation, he then will build upon it. So therefore, it's not just about leaving it there at the foundation. He builds on and he gives more and more. How do I experience this overflow? Given it will be given to you. Pressed down, shaken together, overflowing. Overflow in good works. Be rich in good works. Fill your heart with the things of God. You know, I find it so much easier to read my Bible out of my Bible, (laughs) if that makes sense. I'm not suggesting that you, you have to have a Bible. I just find it easier to do that. And I can put notes in, my, in, my, in, the, in the margins of my Bible. I can, I can cross-reference it to something else. And I can put a chain of, train of thoughts that I've got there and, and go forward. And so I just find it so much easier. I know you can put notes into, into your phone and things like that. I just haven't learned how to do that yet. But you can, I know you can do it somehow. Fill your heart with the things of God because out of the overflow of your heart, the mouth will speak. The questions I want to ask this morning is, you know, are you ready for overflow? Are you ready for overflow? Uh, And maybe we're not, but we can become ready because the next question is, do you want overflow? Do you want overflow? See, we can, we can continue. And there are, there are many people who just are happy to attend church and, and, and sit in the pews and, and shout glory, hallelujah, sing the songs, praise the name of the Lord our God, and then go home and, and, and not really experience what God has for them. They've got the life, but they haven't got the life more abundant or with overflow. And if we want overflow, then what do I need? What do I need to do to step into overflow? What do I need to recalibrate my life? Uh, Thanks, Trace. What do I need to recalibrate my life? What do I need to to make the change? What do I need to do that will cause me to to begin to operate in the areas that God wants me to operate in? Am I going to to continue on doing what I've been doing all the last 12 months, 2018? Will I continue doing what I've done then? Or will I, you know what? Yes, I'm going to grasp a hold of that theme. Recalibrate for overthrow, for, over, for overflow. Well, overthrow as well. You overthrow the kingdom of, of the devil. 
but I'm going to recalibrate for overflow. I'm going to begin to, to move in, in the areas that God wants me to move in. I'm going to begin to do the, the things that God wants me to do. I'm going to become more excited. I'm going to become more louder. I'm going to, I'm start, going to start to shout for God. I'm going to start to, to, to step over that line. I'm going to start to really flow in the things that God wants me to flow in. Because it's only then that we do that, when we do that, that God begins to, 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 to give and give not just a little bit, but give, a, give you so much more. And, and, and so your life then becomes an overflowing, an abundance of what God wants. Overflow. The super abundance of God. Hallelujah. Let's decide that this year we want to walk in the super abundance of God. <laughs>